Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hello everyone, it's Friday, so it's a new episode of The Doggy Pod, and I'm Dr. Rob Zammett. And I am Stephen Peters, Dr. Rob Zammett's producer, and welcome to another episode of The Doggy Pod, where we talk all things dogs. Yep, of course we do all things dogs, and this week we're going to talk a little bit about some of the extra work I do when it comes to dogs that have ended up with owners who, for a variety of reasons don't or can't look after their dogs properly. Yeah, sadly, there's um, far too many stories like that where Dr. Rob has to um, hop in and help uh, pick up the pieces of some of these really broken homes that doggies find themselves in. We'll also have um, or talk about yet another dog on the growing list of Rob's dogs. But first, as always, what's what's been going on in the clinic this week, Rob? Well, we had a big, very big case this week of a dog that... Uh, had fallen off a very tall stack of loosened hay bales, you know, some 30 bales high. He really agile dog got up there somehow, playing around, fell off and, yep, broke his leg. Broke the biggest leg in your body, which is the femur. Yeah. But... And on the x-rays, it looked like three breaks in the femur, but I was suspicious of the middle fragment. It was a long piece, but it also looked like it had some cracks down the middle of it. And, yeah, um, we had to go in there, open it up, have a look, found, yeah, there was uh, actually six fragments of bone all up, and I had to put pins in to stabilise the top part and the bottom part of that femur, and then put the fragments around the pins themselves, after these three pins, and wrap wire around them. Sounds a bit like fencing, doesn't it? But it's a bit more... (laughs) complicated than that. But I'm guessing in the burbs though, most uh, not a lot of dogs fall off bales of hay. No, but you get dogs hit by a car. Mm. Uh, you get. We had one case of a, a little dog, just a little cavalier once, fell off the owner's bed and the owner said, oh look, he's hurt himself. I thought, can't hurt himself too much. But bring him in, it was 12 o'clock at night. Sure enough, wow. this dog had broken its elbow. 
So accidents like that do occur. We've had dogs that uh, one dog got caught just in the door. Um, the, the wind slammed the door shut and broke the dog's leg, broke the tibia. So we do still f- see a lot of fractures like this. And yeah, this surgery took two and a half hours on this dog, but we got that femur back. Because what are the alternatives? Um, surgery like this is very expensive at the best of times. If you go to a specialist centre, they do fantastic work, but you have to find a lot of money for the specialist to do all that great work. They've got fabulous equipment. They've got well-trained nurses. The whole lot has to be done. So how many, how many breaks did it have? It had six pieces of bone fragments, six breaks, wow. if you like, in one bone. Wow. In one bone. And it's a reminder of people, if you, you know, do have an active dog, maybe you should think about having some pet insurance so that if something like this happens, you've got it covered. Pet insurance covers this. So well worthwhile thinking about pet insurance. We're hoping in uh, eight weeks we'll take these pins out and the dog will just around, run around normally after that. He's a big dog, you know, about uh, bigger than a Kelpie and smaller than a German Shepherd, roughly. So Labrador-sized dog, if you like. With, with we'll a, see what happens. A dog with a break like that, I'm, I'm guessing it was in a lot of pain, or oh, not yeah. really, yeah? It's, it, it was in a lot of pain then. Uh, we gave it painkillers. And after the surgery, we continue with the painkillers, of course, until... He can get a bit more mobile. He'll stay with us for quite a a long time because I want this to really form a bit of a callus before it goes home. Lovely dog, lovely owners, wanted to do the best they could under the conditions and uh, we were able to achieve that for them. So from time to time, Dr Rob um, gets asked to look at dogs that uh, for whatever reason have, have been... I guess not looked after properly and, and neglected is neglected the word. totally yeah, and yeah. utterly neglected sometimes and, cruelly sometimes through stupidity and and various organizations end up bringing their dogs into you is that correct yeah you? i've had i've worked with the rspca and i've worked with the animal welfare league of new south wales and and even local councils and councillors when dogs have been neglected yes so i mean how you, you well, i remember you once told me a story about some neighbors who had you know, um, mentioned of, uh, some dogs that were really poorly looked after and, and notified oh, yeah. the animal welfare league. I remember that one. That was, uh, and I couldn't believe it, belonged to someone who worked in the dog industry, uh, not wow. a okay. professional, uh, but worked within the dog industry, doing work within the, that industry. And his dogs were out the back and the neighbours noticed the dogs didn't move, you know, weren't moving for a day or so. And they thought, this is ridiculous. They rang the Animal Welfare League at that time and the officer went out and realised that these dogs, yeah, they're big dogs. They were Labradoodles, but big ones. Right. And hairy, so they had lots of coat, which was surprising in itself because it was pretty matted and awful. But skinny ass, skinny ass, he said when he, he rang me. That, they were always said, these dogs are skinny ass, can I bring them in? I said, yeah, bring them straight in. He carried them in. So, so just how did he get, end up with the dogs? Well, they've got the right then to, because the dog has been, been neglected, uh, they've got the right to uh, take those dogs to away. To seize the dogs, seize, That's it. That's exactly what they do. Right. And then it'll all be decided by a court, of course. But the immediate thing is, let's look after these dogs. He brought them in. I took blood tests straight away and ran bloods from both of them. The female was in severe organ failure. 
her liver enzymes were through the roof, her kidney enzymes were gone, her electrolytes were imbalanced, everything was bad. And in the end, she was seizuring as well. So what she was does that mean? Se- what, what is, what is it well, her eyes were twitching, her head was shaking, oh, and every now and then she, the whole body would shake. She was suffering a lot. We decided not to go on with therapy for her. She was just in such a bad way. I had to put her to sleep. I turned around to the male, and he was you know, equally on the ground, couldn't move. Gums were white, Stephen, absolutely white. You know, gums should be nice and pink, a rich pink colour. That's Opie breathing in the background, folks. <laughs> yes, if you're wondering what that noise is, yeah. there's always a couple of dogs in the studio, <laughs> and, and one Opie's getting a little excited. So, um, and again, yeah, his bloods were bad, but not as quite as bad as hers. I elected to try, and I said I would try therapy on this dog. We put him on the drip. We gave him some intravenous uh, amino acids, you know, proteins. We gave him some intravenous lipid or fats as well to try and help get his bloods back. We were giving him intravenous vitamin supplements straight away, uh, lots of other things, and then uh, made a nice warm bed for him. It was winter, I remember. Air conditioning was on the clinic, of course. But I, I left it on all night, but, which we always do, but... I made the bed for him in my office, and I made a bed for me next to him. <laughs> so That's I sat with this dog, and slowly we syringed the fluids into his mouth. The next day, we were giving him, had to lift his head and gently syringe things into his mouth. Some chicken broth, good old-fashioned chicken broth, it's yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seemed to pick him up a little bit with the salts, the electrolytes in it, and and after a couple of days, I was able to get some solids into him. We, we started with just some sloppy foods uh, the, that afternoon or the evening of that day after we started the fluids, which he was lapping. But Stephen, this dog, when I eventually got him out to go to the toilet, when, I, when he was able to stand after a few days, he was, I hate to say it, he was pooing grass. That's all he had eaten for I don't know how long. Just the grass that was around him. So how do people who love dogs or own a dog let their dog get in that sort of state? I can't believe these people love the dogs. I mean, obviously he hadn't put his hand on the dog for a long time. So why do they have dogs then? Why do you think some people like I don't know. Was it because he was working with dogs and felt obliged to say, oh, yes, I've got my own dogs? I don't know. I really don't know. He ended up going to court because if you found guilty of... Cruelty to animals. I mean, you can be jailed, but you certainly can't own a dog and you can't work with dogs or with any animals actually for a couple of years. And so that's what he was trying to fight. You know, if this is my livelihood, I have this machine that I take around and use on dogs. I don't want to even say what it was. Um, but it, he was very much found guilty and not allowed to have dogs for a couple of years and banned from, from working with dogs for a couple of years as well. He had to find another job. Uh, this dog ended up going to a really good home. Had he not, I would have taken him myself because he came and lived with us for a little while yeah. while he was recuperating. We had him for quite a long time till he was back to normal, being a normal dog and such a grateful dog or loving dog. He probably loving beforehand. He just wasn't looked after at all. Another time we had... Um, these two Labradors came in again with the woolly dog you couldn't tell how skinny he was just by looking at him you had to feel him and when we clipped off the hair he would have been uh, great as a skeleton 
for an anatomy class. That's what you could see. <laughs> These Labradors were the same, but you could see it without clipping them. And photos were taken immediately. The dogs again onto drips slowly. I saved both of those and we found good homes for both of those. And again, the person wanted to go to court. But here's the thing. We sent the photos to their legal team and the barrister saw the photos and said to the woman, you can't go to court with this. The judge will look at this and throw you in jail. Just plead guilty and be done with it. And that's what she did in the end. And the dogs, again, found really loving homes elsewhere where they could be cared for. And in these two cases, was it just stupidity? Was it, I don't care? I don't know. I'm not sure why. Um, you get the others, the, the dog hoarders. You know, they get a female that happens to fall pregnant or they want to get a, a litter from them. They have the litter and they love all the puppies, so they keep them all. And then those females get pregnant and they keep all their puppies. And before you know it, you've got 20 to 50 dogs in one house, living in one house, all in different rooms, you can't clean the house properly because of all the poo and in the backyard and in the house. You certainly have trouble feeding all those dogs and most certainly you can't take those dogs out. They're not socialised, those sort of dogs. We've been to houses, I've had to go to houses where I see that happening often. And unfortunately with those sort of places, you know, we have to again seize all the dogs and nothing can be done until it goes to court and eventually those dogs get desexed and found homes for if they are socially apt to do that. Sometimes those dogs are so damaged in the brain that they're fear biters. You know, they've never been socialised with anyone. They get frightened of other dogs because they've been you know, attacked by other dogs in the house. So those poor dogs have to be put to sleep when you can't socialise them properly. It becomes a real bother to them when that happens. Is this sadly a reasonably common that people oh it's still happening now it is, I promise you Stephen it is happening now people hoarding dogs um, you get other forms of cruelty as well you know people I want to train that dog to be a guard dog so they actually hit the dog thinking that's going to make it retaliate and be a good guard dog and I'm going to leave it outside it's going to be a guard dog outside it's never coming in the house I never take it for a walk I don't want it to meet people you know, it's a stupid reason to own a dog Totally. Dogs that are close to you will always guard you anyway. They won't let anything happen to you. So you don't need to train a dog to be a guard dog. Trust me. Get the right dog. Treat it properly. It will it will give its life up for you. So do you have to pant like this, Opie? <laughs> what do you Opie's think, Opie? He doesn't like people treating dogs badly, do you? Yeah, Opie, just the mere yeah. talking about <laughs> mistreating dogs and he's, he's gone funny about it. And then, of course, you get the other form of cruelty um, where there's no court case much against it. It's starting to, starting to come before the courts a little bit. Genetic cruelty. People breeding dogs odd. that have lots of problems, hip dysplasia, etc., and then selling the puppies off. Not caring, not x-raying the parents, not making sure the parents are sound with whatever disease it is, but the pups have lots of problems. And... If you have a, a dog that develops those genetic problems early in life and it's going to suffer, you certainly can say to the breeder, this is what's happened, you know, how can you help me? The breeder should refund your money. And we've ha had a case where a breeder didn't want to refund the money, went to court, was hip dysplasia, and the judge said, well, $10,000 later, because he wanted the hip replacement, oh, that's both hips, $20,000 later. 
hip replacement for both hips. So people have to be careful. When you breed dogs, you do have a duty of care to make sure the parents are sound. You also have a duty of care to the person buying the dog. And we always uh, make sure that if we're selling a dog, uh, we make sure there's a contract. I tell all my breeders, make sure you've got a contract that fairly says if the dog develops a genetic problem, a deb- debilitating genetic problem, uh, then you'll give them a full refund. At least do that. And otherwise, you could find yourself in the consumer courts. So I guess some people who uh, have dogs just have it as a uh, you know, thinking it's a guard dog or yep. or just to have around the house and don't really care yeah, much I, about it. Don't I take had a dog walks. when I was a kid and I'll have a dog now like I used to when I was a kid because when you were a kid you probably didn't look after the dog. Somebody else was doing it for you. Yeah. And so I'll just have it in the backyard and uh, throw it some food, a bone now and then. and It's got a bucket of water out there. The fact that that bucket's unstable, that may be spilt or something, they don't seem to care about. Mm. You know? And so and we, do you get, we see... Do you get dogs mis- yeah, mistreated that don't have proper bedding and have, and, you know, just oh, absolutely. sleep out on the concrete slab See, out you the have back. a duty to make sure your dog's wormed, believe it or not. That's part of, of POCTA. You've got to ensure that your dog is wormed properly. And we have cases like that too where the dog comes in and it's very skinny. I've been feeding it more. It's still bad. It's, it's dog's full of worms. Why haven't you wormed it? It's, oh, it's, had, it's got diarrhoea. So, oh, the grass is long. They don't mow the grass. The dog goes out to the toilet of the grass. They don't even know the dog's got diarrhoea. Mm. Uh, the other thing that you have to remember too, you also have a duty of care to your dog if your dog, say, breaks a bone or is lame and has some problem. Whatever the problem is, you must seek veterinary care for the dog. That's part of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. If, you, if your dog needs veterinary care and you decide, no, I can't afford it and I'm going to do it, you're liable, even if you can't afford it. Now, I'm not saying that you are going to be forced to pay money for the best veterinary care that that dog can have, but you've got to go to the vet. Tell them you can't afford it, but your dog's in trouble. And it may be that the vet will say, look, this is way too expensive, but the dog's suffering. We have to put the dog to sleep. Um, And that might be the, the veterinary care that you have to seek. That's difficult. You know, the dog has to be put to sleep because someone can't afford it. Lots of vets do a lot of pro bono work in those circumstances. Lots of welfare organisations will also help you if you can't afford it. But just leaving the dog in the backyard with that major problem, then you're being cruel. Please seek veterinary care for your dog. It's essential. All right, one of our most popular segments has been Rob's Dogs. And uh, for anybody who's ever been to Rob's Place, there are dogs everywhere. And so we decided to slowly start working our way through them and introducing <laughs> them to to you. And um, I think last week we had Albert, I yep. think it was. Albert the Little Pug. Anyway, what's 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 Rob's Dog this week? Rob? Well, yeah, I'm going to um, cheat a bit this week again. Yeah. I'm going to talk about two dogs. Okay. So... <laughs> I have two dogs that are very special. They love each other so much, and they love me so much. And it was weird the way it all came about. The first dog, Opie, uh, was bred here, and we kept him, and we're going to go show him. But he didn't work out, really, for the show ring, which was fine by me. And when our dogs don't work out, we don't just move them on. We keep them. Um, And so I took all his hair off, clipped him off, and he became my beach boy. He goes to the beach with me. He loves going to the beach. 
and he always sleeps by my side, you know, on, on the ground. And then in the States, there was this other dog that uh, my wife was buying to bring to Australia. It was a, a male dog. I called him Peyton after the greatest quarterback ever, Peyton Manning. Of course, all the Brady fans now, Tom Brady will be saying, no, he's not the best. I've got more rings than him. But anyway, never mind. Let's not argue football here. We're well, I think, dogs. yes, that you're talking, talking about dogs. American football here. And yes. so Peyton... Um, lived over there because they have to have a lot of tests and a lot of vaccinations and time has to pass before they come here even though he was bought as a young puppy he was living with a lady over there that was looking after him beautiful woman and Peyton didn't really know males so when I was over there I thought this dog's not going to know me like he won't know me from a bar of soap uh, which he didn't but I don't know what happened we just looked at each other and I said, hey, Peyton. He came straight over. and Love just, at first sight. We just became really close. That you know, was many um, months before he came to Australia. So I thought by the time he gets here, he'll have forgotten me. He gets through quarantine, comes through the door, and it's you again. He, he jumps all over me. And it was like we'd never forgotten each other from the first time we met. And it was as if I'd owned him as a puppy, which I hadn't. But... Just a great dog. Now, here was the problem, Stephen. Two male dogs, they don't always get on. Mm. So I put both of them on lead straight away, and we went for a walk. And all of a sudden, we were forming a pack, the three of us. I was the pack leader, and the boys were there, you know, on point, looking at each other, you know, talking to each other, like, who are you, what are you doing? And, and uh, one an American accent, one an Australian accent. But that was fine. I, I liked that. It was pretty good. They just hit it off. And now they both sleep in the bedroom. Uh, the, uh, Peyton only has one real fault. It occurs somewhere between 5 and 6 in the morning when he just springs from the floor straight onto me in the bed, jumps all over me and wakes me up. And, of course, the other dog, Opie, then says, well, hang on, if, he, if it's good for him, it's good for me. So he jumps on too. And then I have three dogs because Albert's already there. And the so three you've got dogs, about 20 kilos of dog on you now. No, 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 hmm. no. One of these is about 30 to 35 kilos. Oh, my God. So now we're talking 70 kilos plus uh, another little pug. That's 10 kilos, roughly. <laughs> so 80 kilos of dog, roughly, 80 to 85 kilos all over me. And you have to pat them all at the same time. Now, if you pat one, the other one nuzzles underneath you. You pat the other one, he nuzzles up. So you're trying to pat three dogs together. It's a job. It's a job. And I love doing it. It's, uh, they're just great characters, these dogs. The old English sheepdog is a big dog. Like I said, 35-kilo dog, 30-35-kilo mm. dog, tall dog. They're always white, in, usually in the front part of the dog. You know, the head and the neck is white, down to the shoulders. And then it's grey afterwards. Black when you get them as babies, which, and they turn grey. So they're white and grey, if you like. They're the Dulux dog, you know, the big shaggy dog. Mm. This, the, the breed standard says profuse coat, and they have profuse coat. Except Opie doesn't. Opie's been no, shorn. And he's, he's got his beach outfit on. Mm. And so it's easy when he's shorn because he puts his, uh, easy to get his board shorts on. Yes, of course. He loves the surf. He loves getting into the water. And he will chomp on the waves. And when he does, of course, what happens? He takes in salt water. And boy, does it clean out. It goes through them. So I like Straight them to, through. Yeah, I like them to go to the toilet before they get in the car, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they enjoy that. And I'll be, when Peyton's finished his show career, he'll be clipped off and he'll become my second beach-going buddy together. 
and maybe the three of them, even little Albert, will come along as well. But yeah, they do love the uh, the ocean. Dogs do. So yeah, be happy to take your dog down there if you find a a dog friendly beach. Certainly worth the trip with your dogs. But the Olden Sheepdog itself is a very very loving dog. Probably one of the most affectionate dogs. They really seek out affection. You know, German Shepherds, more independent. They'll lay there and watch you from afar and love you from afar, protect you always from near, um, as these guys will also protect you, but they're not as rambunctious, I guess, in protection as, say, a German Shepherd. Nevertheless, they have bigger teeth than the German Shepherd. You know, have a look at these people. Yeah, look at that. Well, I'm looking at Opie's yeah. teeth right now, uh, listeners, yeah. and they are, yes. Enormous. I'm glad he's friendly <laughs> and just sitting here panting. No, I just gave him a kiss. So, yeah, for me, um, the old English sheepdog, definitely a, a breed worth looking at if you're thinking about a big dog uh, and you've got that inclination to want to groom them or you can have them trimmed off, up to you, but certainly an intelligent dog that just loves being with you. All right, thank you very much for joining us this week for The Doggy Pod. Uh, if you've got a question, Dr. Rob, please... Drop us a line at thedoggypod at gmail.com, thedoggypod at gmail.com, and um, we might even answer it on air. And uh, as always, please follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And once again, as always, Dr. Robble, say a few words to well, say. Well, I'm just going to tell a little story. Little Robbie at school. And <laughs> little the te- Robbie? Yeah, teacher said, So, little Robbie, if you have three big dogs and two little dogs, how many dogs have you got? Five dogs, says little Robbie. And the teacher says, well, if somebody comes along and forcefully takes two away, how many dogs have you got? Five dogs plus one dead body. (laughs) Correct answer. (laughs) Don't touch my dogs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 